This is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. This will be episode 153. I'm so happy that you're still here with us. I'm bringing another one out of the archives. You know, Wimbledon has already played tennis, and right now it's the U.S. Open. So I'm bringing out the cocktail episode that we called Event Cocktails. Josh does what he calls Love Deuce. The official cocktail for the U.S. Open is called the Honey Deuce. Well, you'll listen to the episode and you'll find out why Josh calls it Love Deuce instead of Honey Deuce. And I'm bringing out the Pimm's Cup. I should have brought it out sooner because it's the signature drink of Wimbledon. I know you guys will have fun with this one because these cocktails are very nice to just sip and enjoy on your hot day watching tennis or your hot day just out on the back porch or whatever you might be doing. Just hanging out with your dog if you want to. The weather's finally cooled off just a little bit here in Arkansas. We had some, I forget exactly which day it was, but it was a record day of 107 degrees Fahrenheit. And I'm not talking about real feel. I'm talking about the actual temperature. I think the real feel was up there around 116, 17, somewhere there. I never wrote it down. But I I hope you enjoy this one. Josh and I have a great time with this. I've got some good story to tell about the Pimm's Cup. Josh talks about his version of the Honey Deuce. He calls it the Love Deuce. And he brings in a special vodka. So I want you to listen to that and enjoy that vodka. Go out and get it. And I'm glad you're with us. Enjoy this one and have a good time. The Event Cocktails episode. Cheers. This is John Mills. Well, and this is Josh Mills. Well, oh my goodness, you're back in the house. Yeah, so welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tasting. We are all happy to have you back with us. I'm happy to be back as well. For And I came in at a perfect time. I came in right here on a cocktail week. Oh yeah, cocktail weeks are fun. They are fun. And Dad, what is our kind of theme for the cocktails this week? Well, it's called event cocktails. And as you know, if you go to... The Kentucky Derby, there is a special drink, the mint julep at the Kentucky Derby. And uh, David Timberlake and I talked last week, and I, I Googled around, and I couldn't find anything. But like the Arkansas Derby, it should have its own cocktail. But I couldn't find one. Do they actually serve cocktails at Oakland, or they just yeah, do beer yeah. and wine? Yeah, they, yeah. We'll, we'll work on that, <laughs> listeners. But what we're doing is we're doing event cocktails, and I'm doing the Pim's number one cup. Pim's cup is commonly referred to. And what is the event that the Pim Cups? That is the Wimbledon. And I brought some snacks, and I got to do a real big shout out for Nancy Keith. Nancy made some cucumber sandwiches. She made date nut cream cheese sandwiches. These are to die for in my book. And then I did some strawberries with heavy cream. And the reason I did that is I saw that at Wimbledon. And I'll explain later why we did, I had Nancy do the date nut cream cheese sandwiches. And what cocktail are you doing, Josh? So I'm doing the Honey Deuce, which is the cocktail of the U.S. Open, which is the U.S. Open tennis tournament. And, but I kind of switched it up a little bit and I'm calling it the love deuce because I took out the honey part of the, <laughs> of the cocktail. So the honey melon, <laughs> I, I took out the honey part. So I'm going to call it the love deuce, which fits with the tennis theme as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. So when we get started here, I want to talk about, you know, Nancy, Nancy kind of turned me on to the Pimm's cup. And I was already thinking about us doing event cocktails. And she had a great, great story about when she first encountered the Pimm's Cup. Now, Nancy's a little bit older than I am, but we're not going to go there. But what she said was, in her early 20s, she was married to an ensign in the Navy. 
And what they were doing is they were working with NATO, uh, and they were on the USS Strickel DD-888. I don't know what all those numbers really mean, but at one point she told me it's a destroyer. Now, I know what a destroyer is. So they were going back and forth, and Nancy had a friend that was also a wife to one of the ensigns or somebody on the ship. And they had the the Farmers Europe five dollar a day, and they had the European Rail Pass. And what they were doing is they were trying to catch up with where the Navy was by going on the rail and meeting them. Well, it was a difficult situation because the ship went to Bergen, Norway. It went to Aarhus, Denmark. It went to Suzval, Sweden. It went to Thurso, Scotland, and Naples, Italy. So that's all over the Europe. Yeah. Luckily, a lot of it was centralized, though. Yeah, it is. And she's got, she showed me a, a, a map of the different places. And then later, they were supposed to go to Athens, Greece, but that really didn't work out. So back to the Pimscott. She and her friend met up with the Navy at Thurso, a small, isolated town in the northern coast of Scotland. This was on July the 16th, and that was 55 years ago, what, yesterday. 55 years ago yesterday. And she and her husband and all these other guests were at a lawn party for the Navy had been put on, and it was at an old estate out in the countryside. And her comment was that the house was like a museum. Hmm. Well, this is where she encountered the Pimm's Cup. According to her journal, there was a uh, mistress, according to her journal, and there was a redhead from New York where the Lord of the Manor and the young red-headed son wore their kilts. Of course. I mean, we're Scotland. Yeah, of course. It's formal. It was probably a formal setting, and that was that's what you wear. Well, they served tall, cold glasses of Kim Cup number one, along with this date number bread with cream cheese. Made the sandwich. So that's why I asked her to make those, and... Like a week or so ago, she invited us over to her house, and we had Pimm's Cup. That was the first time I ever had a Pimm's Cup, and I think they're really good. Yeah. Now, you you folks that look on Instagram, you'll see the picture and the picture of the Pimm's Cup is loaded with fruit, and that's one of the things you do because the Pimm's Cup itself, the liqueur, is a gin liqueur it's actually a fruit cup Mm. so you know what fruit cups are josh i mean i have an idea of what a fruit cup is okay what's your idea a cup of fruit well it's yeah (laughs) well what happened what what james pym apparently did was he took gin and he added herbs and fruit and he made this official fruit cup okay and he started that in the 1800s. So it's been around a long time. And this, uh, this story that Nancy was telling was in 1967. So that was, 50, as she said, it was 55 years ago. Well, we went over to her house and I helped her make the Pimm's Cup. And really, it's Pimm's number one. And I want to iterate, it's number one. Pim's number one, and I'll go into why I'm saying that so distinctly. And then you add whatever fruit you want to add. Typically, they add lemon and lemonade, strawberries, basil. I put a piece of the top of a mint on it, and I gave it that little slap. Mm -hmm. Because you bartenders out there, David, Randy, all you bartenders know if you do that, that gets those oils of the mint, or you can do that with basil and get those oils going. And when you take your little sip, 
you're really it's effervescing into the into your nostrils there. Have you tried it, Josh? Um, I just took a sip of it because I wasn't sure if we were going to start with it or not. Yeah. Um, but it's really light. It's refreshing. And so it's basically Pim's fruit and sparkling lemonade. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Both of our cocktails use lemonade. Well, I used a sparkling lemonade, and that's an, another shout-out to Nancy. She made a lemonade simple syrup for me to use, and it's a four-to-one mixture. So one part of her simple syrup to four parts of this sparkling lemonade, and then I gave it a splash of ginger ale to kind of give it another little flavor. Mm-hmm. Now, you can use straight water isn't a lot of the time the like the traditional way to do it is just with club soda yes you can and i'll just go in there you can use seven up or club soda and so it's kind of how you like it yeah so that's the that's that part of the story and i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little bite and maybe you can talk about what you tasted yeah so i mean i've had the i've had a couple sips of the pins cup you're right the the mint is very floral, very fragrant as you're drinking it. And it's really light. It's easy to drink. I kind of wish it had a little bit more sparkle to it. I wish it had a little bit more effervescence. Okay. That's just a personal thing. And it tastes really good. It's lemony. It's fruity. You can't really tell that it's gin, that it's a gin base, mm-hmm. or the Hems is, is gin based. It's just a nice, easy, hot weather cocktail so i can just see out there on the lawn they were probably playing a little croquet probably maybe you know maybe bouncing ball redheaded guy and his dad are walking around in their kill the navy guys are in their probably their formal wear probably wearing their whites yeah that's 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 right that's the formal and then you you're just kind of holding this drink and it's got lots of ice in it so it's nice and cool and like you said you can just sip this because and you always get on to me about doing the math i didn't do the math but i'll tell you this much (laughs) the the pims number one is 25 abv it is very very this is a low alcohol cocktail and so this is probably about five because I'm guessing it's really close to five because Pim's number one, which this is, they also, you can purchase a fortified lemonade. And I'm sure you can only get it in the UK. Maybe uh, maybe other places, but probably not here. Okay. And it's a fortified lemonade, and it comes in, and it comes in two fifty milliliter cans or one liter bottles, and it says here it's at five point four percent. Yeah. So that's about what we're talking about. Okay. Oh, so you, you're saying there's a canned version of a Pim's cup? This fortified one that has the Pim's and the lemonade. Yeah. So it's a, it's a canned cocktail. Right. Okay. That's at five percent. I'd like to find it because that's pretty cool. Who, what company, is it Pims that puts it's it It's Pims, yeah. Yeah, they probably don't sell it here. They probably don't. But, so I see that you have cucumber in yours as well. Well, and that's one of the, that's one of the things that, so you go on the internet and you get all kinds of different formulas for how to make it. Mm-hmm. And some of them strictly say mint. Some of them say the cucumber some of them say i watched a video now new orleans is is big on pimp's cup which i didn't realize of course the sazerac is the number one drink in new orleans yeah but they mustn't you know new orleans gets really hot and this is such a cool refreshing drink i'm sure they sell a lot of kind of interesting though with you know having french history the french settlement history that they would have an english an English drink is one of their it's one of their big drinks. Well, yeah. But I, I think agree with you. I think it may have just come out of out of just being hot and a light, easy, easy style drink. I've never seen actually anybody drink Pims by itself. It's always been in the Pims cup. 
Yeah. Okay. But I think I think it could because it's you know it's it's a fruit cup, so you know. Yeah. Uh, have, have you tried any of the food? I haven't yet. I've just been kind of sipping on the sipping on the cocktail. So you said there was a story about the date nut sandwich, and so tell us again about the sandwich and what's and then your story. Well, in her in her write up that she gave me in 1967, that's what they were serving at that party. That outdoor party had the date nut cream cheese sandwiches. And so for her, that just is what you serve with it. Okay. Now the cucumber sandwich is because you serve that because you put the cucumber in your pitcher with the pims and infuse those cucumber flavors and orange and lemon and basil and whatever else you want to put in there. It's one one recipe said apples. Oh, okay. And in fact, when we went over to her house the other day, she had apples cut up. And I said, no, I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> but I think it was, you know, I should have just to get, get the taste. And then another friend of ours came over and she goes, ooh, basil. Because you don't normally have a drink that has basil in it. And I I like the mint, but there is basil in the pitcher to infuse that that flavor. So there's a lot of flavors going on, and I'm sure you can tone it down to whatever you really like. Yeah, and that's the kind of, so I guess that would, you could say it's kind of a drawback with this cocktail is you can't really taste the spirit, but that's also a positive Yeah, of the cocktail is you can't, you're not tasting the spirit. And it is, well, it's meant to be low alcohol, like you it, said. And it's like you go to the Wimbledon and you go get one of these and you go up in the, in the stands and you sip on that baby while you're watching the match, mm-hmm. and you know you just go get another one, <laughs> right? So, what's the history behind the numbers? You said there's something because okay. this is a Pim's number one. Okay, there is a Pim's number two. Not anymore. They phased it out, but it was based on Scott. Okay, so James Pim had you know had this eureka about the gin and the pims and that was first produced in 1823 mm-hmm. so then in 1997 he started trying these others i think that's right and so number two is scotch okay phased out number three is brandy phased out except they have a pims winner cup Okay. So it's like their special winner cup drink. Uses the number three, but you can't just go buy a bottle of number three. No, it's phased out. Number four, phased out. It's the It was rum. Number five, you'd love this one, rye whiskey. Oh, interesting. Phased out. Number six, you can still buy it somewhere. Not here, probably, but it's vodka, so it's still produced. So that's what they've done. Um, this says too that you can get Pims number one can be sold with additional strawberry or blackberry or elderflower. So maybe there's you know different versions of number one. So I found that quite interesting that they had so many that they tried. Yeah. You know, he had a gold mine with number one. <laughs> right. Well, and why not try it with the other things? See if it could have worked with the other ones. Now, did it say when some of those were phased out? Or the, is it no, I don't or? see a date on when they were phased out, but they must not have, you know, they just must not have really taken off. Yeah. And they may have been more costly to produce than, except, I mean, the vodka, definitely not, but the rest of them may have been too too expensive to man i really like this drink for what it costs it's a nice drink yeah it is and it's you know like you said it's really flexible you can kind of do whatever fruit that you want if you wanted to do melons you could you could put do melon balls in there to infuse into it so it's a it's an interesting cocktail what what about the why is it the the drink of wimbledon 
Do you did you find any story well, about how it how it happened? Um, Josh, I really didn't think about that. That's fine. That's that's totally fine. What do you think of the the sandwiches with it? You know, I like those sandwiches. Um, so the I like, and this is you know, again this. We say it a lot of times. It's acquired taste with a cucumber sandwich. Yeah, I think I served these ones before on the podcast for some reason. I think you did it when when we had gin. It probably was. That sounds right. So, you know, and then how to make a Pim's cup for Wimbledon? What? And I did this last night. And I told you there are other recipes. And the New Orleans. Tim's cup. I watched the video. They build it in the glass. Okay. Yeah. So they start putting fruit down in the bottom of the glass. They put in their ounce and a quarter, ounce and a half, two ounces, whatever they they decide they're going to do of the pims in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Then they fill the glass with ice. Okay. They mull it a little bit in the glass. And muddle, muddle, muddle it. it, muddle it with that fruit and then the alcohol itself to get those flavors kind of mixing. Okay. And then they add the lemonade and whatever else they're going to add, the 7-Up or what, you know, to make it sparkling. So that's a, a completely new way to do it. But to me, that was, it wasn't more complicated. But you had to know you had to know your size. You know you got to know your size of glass because it would be very easy to put too much alcohol, or too much of the of the Seven Up, or too much of the fruit. Right. You know you start thinking, oh, I need an orange in there, and oh, I need a, I need some lemon in there. Oh, I need some basil. Oh, I need this, and I need that. And your glass is half full of fruit. Well, I mean that's not that's not a bad thing. Of course. So. I mean, your pictures have full <laughs> yeah. of, of stuff too. So, you know, it's kind of a way to do it. Now, when you made that picture, what were your proportions? How did you build that? Okay. So, as far as the fruit, it's about a half orange. And then I thin sliced the English cucumber, Josh, is about a foot long. Yep. And about maybe an inch around. Okay. So I was afraid I was going to cut myself, but I'm using the planer on our grater to grate about four to five inches of of the cucumber. Okay. Okay, that's what. And then um, a healthy amount of basil. And went out there and, you know, picked leaves. Okay, healthy amount. And then, I don't know, about five strawberries. Okay. These are smaller. These aren't the Arkansas size, the smaller ones. And then put the pims in there, and I made enough for six. <laughs> so so how much pims did you put in? I put in seven ounces of pims. Okay. So that's enough for like An four, hour. four to five drinks. Oh, I thought you just said you made it for seven. I made it for, I made seven, I messed up. I made seven ounces of Pims, which would be enough for four drinks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I think this is a fun, this is a fun cocktail. It's a great, you know, it's a great party cocktail too. You know, you could just have like a bunch of, kind of do it like you would do like a Bloody Mary bar. Yeah. You could have, you know, the picture of chilled Pims with the, with the lemonade in it and, even you could just leave it alone and then you could let people build their own mm-hmm. fruit profile mm-hmm. or herb profile in it. So that, I think it's, that's a, it's a cool, it's a cool little thing. You were asking why, why I think that's what you said. Why is Pim's the Wimbledon drink? The I Pim's never, cup. Yeah. I never really found that, but clearly it's a hit. I know they drink a lot of gin either. I say they, you know, in London. That's where the Wimbledon is. And what it says here, the catering staff at Wimbledon serve an average of 300,000 Pimm's Cup 
at the championships each year, each summer. So it's a hit. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of pounds. I wonder what their um, their average attendance every year is. <laughs> Interesting to see how many people are having multiple cups. <laughs> well, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's hot. So Wimbledon is usually it's kind of it's usually hot for London a lot of the times. Also, where it's not really rainy or anything like that. Usually, so. So another another fun fact is uh, our friend Becky, who has been on the show, and likes mint juleps. She likes Pimscot, and when she, I didn't get exactly when this was. I think it was about 2018. She lived in London. She would walk through Hyde Park, and there'd be Pimscot stands. Where you just, you know, stop and pick one. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, that's it's it's definitely a good drink. Yep. Trying the strawberries. And uh, I made whipping cream, but I didn't put any sugar in it. <laughs> well, hopefully the strawberries are still sweet enough that they'll be... Oh, yeah, they are. It'll be good. Oh, yeah. So, the Pimm's Cup in New Orleans, the recipe is... Fill a tall glass with ice, add a, an ounce and a quarter of Pimm's number one, three ounces of lemonade, then top up with 7-Up. Garnish with a cucumber. Oh. So that's uh, New Orleans style. Okay. So that cucumber is serious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only part of the cocktail that I'm really not a huge fan of is the is the cucumber, but I know it's very traditional. So you know it's it's popular in New Orleans because it's it's hot and it's low in alcohol. So you know you can that's one of your lighter drinks that you can just uh, sip sip as you go. Yeah, you can have twelve to fourteen of them in a day. Well, I, uh, I don't know how about that, but uh, <laughs> it's about you know it's about the alcohol content of a low level beer. Well, anything else about the cocktail before we try the other one? I think I, I said pretty much everything. I, I mean, Pimm's Cup number four was invented after World War II and then followed with Pimm's five and then Pimm's six in the 60s. I said 1997. I got that wrong, so that's why I was clarifying it. But uh, Jim Pimm is the inventor of it. So I don't I don't know if the guy's still alive or not. It's, it's darn good drink. Yep. All right, so let's go ahead and switch over to the other cocktail on the table, uh, and this is the Honey Deuce. Once again, the Honey Deuce is the signature cocktail for the U.S. Open tennis tournament, which happens every year in September in Flushing Meadows, New York. Right. It's the. Uh, so for those of you, you know, if you're, you're really interested in this Wimbledon, Dad kind of mentioned how Wimbledon's out on the lawn. That's because it's played on grass courts. Actually, the court is, the tennis court is grass. And mm-hmm. the U.S. Open is a, that they call a hard surface. So it's just like the tennis court, a lot of the tennis courts you see here all over the U.S. It's where it's like kind of painted asphalt. So it's hot, you know, it's still kind of hot in New York in September and plus you have all these hard courts which makes it even hotter and back in the early 2000s Grey Goose Vodka started to be a sponsor of the US Open Mm -hmm. and to ingratiate themselves into this new sponsorship they partnered with a, a successful bartender and restaurant owner Nick Matui, who's the managing partner for the Gramercy, Ta- Gramercy Tavern. Um, if you're into food, you will probably know have heard the name Gra- Gramercy Tavern. It's one of the one of the big restaurants out there in in New York. And they worked together to come up with this cocktail, and. You know, they they tried stuff with like rosemary syrup and muddled lemons. And then they just had 
the idea of while walking through the um, market one day, they saw these honeydew melon ball. Right. And he goes, oh my gosh, those look just like tennis balls. Green ones. <laughs> yeah, they look just like tennis balls because honeydew mm. is a green melon. And he's like, oh my gosh, there it is. That was where he kind of came up with the idea. And to keep it simple, you know, it's, it's, this cocktail is vodka, lemonade, and raspberry liqueur. And then it's garnished with the frozen tennis balls. <laughs> or excuse me, the frozen melon balls. And so they just kind of decided that it would be a, a great drink. And once they started selling it, it was just took off like wildfire. Mm. And I think what they say, you know, now they, in the last four years, in this article, so this was between 2015 and 2019, they've gone through 37,000 bottles of Grey Goose. Okay. At the U.S. Open. 37,000 bottles. At an ounce and a quarter per drink. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math and I can't. Well, 37 times 26 with three zeros on the end. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's quite a, it's quite a few cocktails. Right. And they said 88% of the increase once they started doing this honeydew, this honeydew within the last those years it's how much it's increased well what i understand is that they use the melon baller and freeze the melon balls on a skewer so that when it comes out you've got the drink with three small frozen honeydew melon balls and so you go up back up there in the stands i assume mm-hmm. and it's 100 degrees or more if you're close to the court might be 120 but you got this fro- you got this drink with ice mm-hmm. and you got those frozen honeydew balls yep so that would make sense to me as to why to go get it <laughs> to have that nice cold frozen i like honeydew you don't but it's just the idea of i got this little honeydew ball to suck on it's frozen you know I'm yeah, cool, I would just I'm go cool down on it. I would just go get it for the cold, <laughs> for the cold drink oh. aspect of it. Okay, but now, this the, is a lot more art than my drink. Yeah, and it's that it's that Chambord. Now we did use um, Dad's Chambord, which he had, which we've talked about on the podcast before. Has a a little bit more of an earthy raspberry taste. Mm-hmm to it and it's a little bit darker in color so that's why you know if you look up this drink you may see bright pink kind of versions of it but ours is a little bit a little bit darker because we use i use you know really good lemonade and this older chambord which is just a little bit darker well that's okay but what do you think so far i like it It, it's dark and and one of the things you can do with the Pimm's Cup, and this is something that Nancy was talking about, is she made this lemon syrup, simple syrup, and she said it's one, use it one to four. But you could have used it one to one, and you would have got lemonade tartness as opposed to the, didn't really get sweetness. Making it one to four. But you see where I'm headed? I mean, if you got something that's really tart and that's what you want, you could adjust this Pimm's cup to do that. Right. You could make it more tart. You could pull back on it. You could pull back on the on the on the sweetness. Yeah, on the simple. And it also just depends on what type of lemonade you use. Like this the lemonade is it's simply lemonade. And there's not a whole lot of sugar added to it. Right. Yeah, well, there is, well, there is quite a bit of sugar added to it, just because all it is is you know lemon juice is super tart, mm-hmm. but it is not as sweet as other lemonades, right? Which are out there, which is what's contributing to the tartness. Now, mom has been, and she looked for them 
I think. And Gene has been, well, I don't know who else, Tina. But I know Gene has some U.S. Open glasses. They're plastic. Of course. That we could have used to be a little more authentic with our glassware. But she couldn't find hers. Jeans are, I know where his are. They're on his bar. But I don't think, you served, you served it in a nice wine glass. And I think that's a good way to serve it. I served mine just in a glass tumbler. For the Pimm's Cup, I saw it served two different ways. I saw it served in a rocks glass. Or I saw it served like this one. Yeah. In fact, there's a picture of, of Prince, Prince, uh, Prince Philip. Anyway. He's holding he's holding the the rocks glass and it's a Pimps cup. So it's a famous drink from that standpoint. This one is too. I just don't have I don't have any pictures of it. But I assume when Joanne came home with a plastic cup that said US open, that's probably what was in it. <laughs> yeah, it's just a it's just a probably a standard plastic cup that they have. Because you don't want to serve like at big events like that, you don't want glass because you don't want to if it breaks and it's a safety issue and it's a lot less right. expensive to use plastic. Exactly. So when I made this, I what I did was I mean, it was one, three, six in the part. Okay. So one part raspberry liqueur. Okay. Three parts vodka and then six parts lemonade. Well, okay. Shake it, strain it. They say to put it on crushed ice, but we didn't have crushed ice, so. We just use some regular, yeah. regular old ice cube. But rather than using Grey Goose, one thing I wanted to do was I wanted to give a shout out to a new local distillery that we have. Yeah. It's not, well, it's an Arkansas distillery. It's not local. It's about, it comes from about three hours away from us. And it's a company called Delta Dirt. I don't know them. Delta Dirt Distilling down in Helena. Well, I thought you were going to the one in Hot Springs. Uh, no, I don't even know what that one is. Okay. So Delta Dirt Distilling, they are a African American owned company. Mm. They use local grain and sweet potato in their distillates. They have a vodka. They're working on a gin. I believe they're working on a gin, and they're also working on a whiskey. Oh, so okay. It's super exciting to do that because they are they use their own produce and their own grain that come from Helena. Now, Helena is a part of Arkansas that, you know, has been um, neglected recently. You know, it all comes from the Delta, where we call, in Arkansas, we call it the Delta, which is kind of the south, the southeastern part of the state, where the Mississippi, where the Arkansas kind of runs into the Mississippi River, and you have some of that Mississippi River Delta area that grows down there. It's been known for farming, mm-hmm. and it's also a very poor area, a very low-income area. So I was very excited to kind of bring them in and use it because I've been wanting to. I've been wanting to use their stuff, but I don't okay. drink a whole lot of vodka, right? And I was very excited. You know, one of the things that they that they talk about with their with their company is they hope to, quote, raise the spirits in the Delta. And, you know, for that has a lot of different meanings because the Delta is a can be a rough place. You know, it's, like we said, it's low income. It's, um, you know, it's not a lot of access to a lot of exciting things like we have around here. So they're, they're doing a great job. They've been around since 2017, but they've just recently made it up here to our market so it's actually distributed now yes it is oh okay um, so you you found it at our local liquor store um i found it at a liquor store in town okay but you can probably find it in in any of them okay and at the world in san francisco there's a world spirits competition which is a one of the big big spirits competitions in honestly in the world and they won double gold for their vodka. Oh. Which is huge. That is huge. It's huge. And that was actually this last uh this year they actually won it. So really exciting to kind of bring these 
bring these stories about. So if you're looking for, if you're in Arkansas and you're looking for a Arkansas African-American led company, which is doing great stuff, it's this Delta Dirt. And I think it goes really, really well in this cocktail. Have you had it before, Josh? No, I have Cocktail or the vodka? The vodka. No, I have not. This is my, like I said, this is my excuse to buy this bottle. Okay. And well, I'm, saw- looking, I'm looking at a uh, where to buy map of Arkansas, and it's just covered. I mean, they're distributing all over Arkansas. Yeah, I think they got picked up by a local distributor within okay. the last about okay. six months. Yeah. And, of course, I'm, I'm seeing... Lots of locations, and that probably means it's uh, in every wet county. <laughs> I am sure it's distributed. <laughs> well, and that's one thing, you know, I've kind of noticed is, you know, we like, we're still very much in a, if it's local, we like to try it mode uh-huh. in Arkansas. Yeah. yeah. And being a black-owned distillery, it's the first, it's honestly the first black-owned distillery in Arkansas. Okay. and. Yeah. They're they're purposely they purposely chose the Delta and uh-huh. being being in Helena, and it's interesting that they use sweet potato. Yeah, like most that. <laughs> most vodkas aren't sweet potato. They're actually either potato yeah, or potato. grain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting, you know, that they took something that they had and mm-hmm. had an abundance, and were able to turn their old field you know, into into something that is now, I think it's going to be a great thing for a long time. I'm really excited when they get a whiskey out. Mm-hmm. When they get a whiskey out. They don't have one out yet. But it says coming soon. And, you know, whiskey takes a while to do. And they're doing a bourbon. So I think it's going to be really interesting if they put sweet potato in their mash for their bourbon. That'd be Which is possible. Yeah. And the gin, the gin is available as well. I have actually never seen it in a store, hmm. uh, but I also haven't been, I also don't look for it because, right. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's gin and it's not kind of my thing, but I'm, I'm excited to kind of bring light to this new, this new distillery here on the, here on the podcast. And hopefully, you know, those of you who drink more vodkas and gins than, than dad or I do go out there and, and support right. them like crazy. Yeah. Now that's not to say Rocktown is off our list, but you know this is try the new place. You know, one well, yeah. Rocktown's and got this good ones double too. Go, this double gold on the sweet blend vodka is crazy. That's really good for the, you know, for them to start like in uh, 2017 and then 22, they get the double gold. Yeah, and you know I also that's in San Francisco. I also like them being you know farm to bottle. Mm-hmm. They run the farms mm-hmm. that they use to make um, to make this, and they're also reinvesting in their community in Helena. So they they take part of their proceeds and reinvest them in the place where they're living, trying mm-hmm. to like you like we've said, raise the spirits of the Delta. Well, back in the day too, uh, Helena and West Helena was rockabilly. I mean, there was so much music down there. Oh yeah. And there's uh, still I'd a, like to see that come back too. Well, there's still a huge festival every year mm-hmm. for that. It's mm-hmm. called the King Biscuit Festival. Yeah. It well, I don't think I don't think it happened. I don't think it happened two years. Well, I think it actually year. Yeah, I think it happened this year. Um, but it's the the King Biscuit uh the King Biscuit um Blues Festival. Mm-hmm. It happens every year and it's you know, there's <laughs> I think it's actually still a company. Okay. King Biscuit Flower. I think it's I, still, I think it's still a company, but it used to be one of the major mm-hmm. biscuit brands of flour that you could buy across the United States. So I tried your drink, the you called it the Love Deuce, with uh, the date nut bread, date nut cream cheese sandwich, and it's pretty pretty lights out. I mean, it, and I know we're not doing pairings. We're not doing best on plate, but the tartness of this one compared to the sweetness of mine, uh, that date nut bread, wow. I mean, that's really so good. Yeah. Is and there a citrus on in that um, 
cream cheese or is there citrus in the bread, the date nut bread? Do you know? I don't know, Josh. Okay. Don't know, but there's definitely citrus in in the uh, drink that I made. I mean, you see it all there. Um, and I think I think the Pim's cup itself has citrus. Right, but I'm tasting but I'm, it when I just bite the sandwich. I think there's got to be, you know, something in there because I taste it too. Okay, because I'm tasting like orange mm. in it. But this is a good cocktail. I think it's very easily that you could pitcher. You could do a pitcher of this cocktail or big big punch bowl of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not as light on the alcohol as yours, but it's still... It's still, but it's a light cocktail comparatively to, you know, a Manhattan or something like that. Well, yeah, because it actually has other things besides alcohol. <laughs> right. <laughs> but So what's the ABV of that vodka? It's 43. It's yeah. 86 per. So that, that drink's probably, here, here, Dad here goes, goes the math. Here goes the math. I don't know what it is, but it's... Uh, you know, probably 15 or... I don't know. I don't really care either. <laughs> no, but it's it's definitely not as light as, as the Pimm's Cup. Correct. But like we said, it's much lighter than, you know, all alcohol. Right. So these are two good drinks. Yeah. I'm really kind of blown away by the, by the simplicity and how mm-hmm. good these are for hot weather, good hot weather cocktails. Another thing about my drink, when I say my drink, the Pimm's Cup, some people refer to it as summer in a glass. Yeah, I can see that. Especially if you build it in that glass. Another thing that it referred to was a gin sangria. Because you got all this fruit, just like when you make a wine fruit sangria. You say, oh, that's... That's my gin sangria. Okay. So uh, these are these are really good drinks. They sure are. Now the the garnish that we sh- should have had was the honeydews. Okay. But if you were going to put a garnish on there that we were going to eat, not just for a show, what might it be? Raspberry. Yeah, because you got the shambord there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'd just use some raspberries. Or even the strawberry. That would No. I would not use I would not use strawberry because strawberry is not in this drink. Yeah. Okay. You'd use the raspberry. I would use raspberry. Right. And you sense. could do frozen raspberries. Yeah, there you go. Or if you wanted a, something green and you wanted something frozen, I would do just green frozen grapes. But once again it doesn't add anything to the cocktail. No. No. So I'm not I'm not <laughs> As we know, when it comes to that kind of stuff, I'm not really a fan of of doing that with cocktail. Okay. That's what else you got on this drink? I do not have. I don't have anything else in this drink besides that it's good. And if you're ever at the French Open or watch, or excuse me, at the U.S. Open and or watching the U.S. Open, watch for give it a drink. try. Yeah. So, uh, what are we doing next week? I don't know. What are we doing next week? It's a wine week. Well, we're coming up on two years, Josh. we got to do a two-year celebration, don't we? We can do a two-year celebration, of course. I think it'd be fun. Yeah. I'd like for us to do a little something live. All right. So, coming up here, I know while I was gone, we passed our actual second birthday mark, where we've had, you know, the actual 100 and, what would that be? 104 actual episodes because we had our first little intro, our intro episode. So what we're going to be doing is next week, we're going to just invite you guys into the process. We're going to be doing wines, which I'm super excited about, and we're going to be doing birthday wines. So we're going to be picking wines that we would want to drink on our birthday, things we'd love to celebrate, things we'd bring to a birthday party or whatever. So, but as a special treat, like I said, we're going to be bringing you guys into the studio, I guess you could say. And I know anybody who's been on On an episode (laughs) is probably chuckling when I say a studio because it's really just the dining room. And so next Sunday, or this actually, when this comes out, this coming Sunday, 
we will be doing a live stream starting at about 2.30 on Instagram for just about 10 minutes where we're going to be, you guys get to see our process. You get to see what it looks like when we're actually doing a full recording and we'll be watching the comments. So if you want to say hello, if you want to talk about your favorite episodes, we're definitely going to reach out and see those as we're recording and you'll get to hear your name on the, on the episode next week. But also, if you would like to send us a voice memo, a little video about what you think we're doing or a happy birthday or whatever, definitely send those to us on social media. If you want to do it on Facebook, Instagram, go ahead for it. Or if you want to send it to us via email at acquiredtastings at gmail.com, we'd love to get those. And we're going to play those during the episode. So as we're talking about the wines that we're doing, we'll stop and we're all, we're going to go ahead and We'll be playing some of that information for you guys, and we'll uh, we'll reach out to it. So it'll be uh, it'll be it'll exciting, be a lot of fun. Yeah, it'll, and it won't be just another here are our favorite episode kind of thing. It's a little something special for you guys, and to bring you into the process. So we're uh, we're looking forward to that to next week, and we hope that you guys join us for on the live stream and next week on your episode. Remember, if you like what we're doing, give us a like, follow on your favorite podcast platform. Share us with your friends. Like I said, we're out there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We are out there. And if you just want to send us an email, we're acquiredtastings at gmail.com. So I'm really looking forward to next week where I get to find out what it was that Dad blinded... You blinded David, right? That's right. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what that is and just go ahead and have a little two-year party. It'll be fun. Yep. So once again, I'm Josh Mills. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.